0: Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by HomePoint. HomePoint is built for brokers like you. While most mortgage lenders are focused on winning the initial transaction by touting rate and convenience, HomePoint does that and more, taking a holistic long-term approach to its partnership and customer service they are evolving the mortgage experience by putting people and partnerships first and delivering the customized support you need to grow your business and wow your clients find out why there's no place like home point become a partner today by emailing us at partnerships at aimgroup.com nmls 7706 welcome my fellow broker community back to another another episode of the Broker to Broker podcast. Uh, My name is Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM. Uh, Extremely excited to be here today. Uh, You know, when we go into these calls sometimes, just to kind of give you guys a little little brief here, when we go into these calls, sometimes you know, it's like, okay, I I know about this. I know tech stacks, I know this. But what we talk about today, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I don't know much about, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Uh, So today I'm gonna be interviewing the broker owner of X2 Mortgage, Sean Melku. Sean, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Excited to be part of AIM. Always love that.
0: Yes, yes. No, and I appreciate your support on that. Um, I I know we're going to fill up our time here. I know this is going to be a highly engaging one, and especially for for our audience uh, to listen to this, because this is kind of the way, I don't want to even call it the wave of the future. It's just it's kind of like what's going on now, and I don't think a lot of people know where to start, uh, so just kind of give everyone a quick heads up. We're going to be talking about YouTube, marketing, uh, stuff like that, communication through video, but with that being said, I always love to hear people's background. It puts us on a level playing field here because uh, I don't think anyone graduates from college with a mortgage degree, uh, but we have many different backgrounds of how we got into this industry, this crazy industry that I love. So, Sean, give me, give me the breakdown. Tell me from start to finish how you got here and what's kind of going on with your current shop
1: yeah so i am uh i'm I'm still relatively new i consider myself relatively new to the mortgage industry but i started um i went to college i got a a bachelor's in management and a bachelor's in marketing i immediately got out of college and went into recruiting i don't know how i made it into recruiting but i did recruiting for about two months and was coaching beach volleyball on the side for a a very uh like higher end you know sport volleyball uh, club and one of the parents uh was a branch manager at academy mortgage and I started talking about my position, how I'm making a bunch of, of cold calls. He goes, you should get into the mortgage industry, come work for me. Um, and I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come take a look at it. I went interviewed, really liked it, got licensed. The day I got licensed, he left academy and he's like, well, I'm going to be a broker. Now I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're on the broker side. And so I brand new in my life, got my license. Jumped full, full force into the broker side at Price Mortgage with Andy Price, who's phenomenal, and yeah. learned so much over those next couple of years. Um, and so I've only been in the business for three years, and I just started my mortgage company, X2, as of like three days ago. So oh, Wait a um, minute, no, wait a wait, minute.
0: Wait, wait. Three days ago, you started X2, and now you're your own broker.
1: No, well, yeah. So basically, I, I I went live. I say I went live with X2 Mortgage three days ago, but I was with Price Mortgage for three years, so yes. I learned a lot that way.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. You're, you're just in the infancy stages here. I know. You know? <laughs> Trust me. You know what? I, I will say this right away. Um, You know, with, with the AIM community, the brokers are better network, all the resources that we have, I'm telling you, you're in good hands. And if you need anything, you reach out to the community and you got it. Oh, definitely. So, okay. So tell me, so is it just you at your shop right now?
1: Uh, yep. To start just me um, eventually, you know, get some people down the line, but yeah, just me, my volume, focusing on handling that for now. And then we'll figure it out later.
0: Okay, you know, I'm bringing this up. I know I'm kind of going off script here a little bit, but talk to me about your tech stack. Like, do you have a tech stack right now or are you just kind of winging it?
1: No, I am the most uh, millennial focused person probably in the mortgage industry. I want the best tech stack for everything. So all of the tech that I use, I don't use any Microsoft. I don't even have Microsoft. I don't use Outlook, Word, Excel, none of that. Use everything Google, everything's web-based. So using Arrive for the LOS. Um, everything is web-based that can be used on any platform, whether you want to use a Mac or a PC, cause I, that is really where the future is going. And I want to make sure when I set things up to start that it's going to be good for 10, 15, 20 years on the line. So yeah, my tech stack is like everything new that you can think of is what I use.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, uh, about, I'm going to say about a year and a half ago, maybe even two years now, I went completely away from Microsoft as well. And everything's online for me. And it's, it's arguably... The best decision I ever made.
1: Yes. It's hard to transition, but totally worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I will say there's a few guys in my office that are a little bit of the, we'll call it older crowd and they're, they're <laughs> I made them switch too, but they're, they're really seeing the benefits now. So, all right. So this is what I really, really want to dive into today. So tell me about YouTube. You're big into YouTube, right? And that's pretty much where you generate most of your business. So yes. I'm going to be extremely naive in all of this. All right because i am pretty naive i mean i know how to go to youtube that's about it all right talk to me about this okay so did it start out as a hobby and now you're using i mean like just go
1: yeah so youtube is the one beast where you'll talk to so many people about social media marketing and doing this in your business and they will always tell you except i don't know anything about youtube like YouTube's a different beast right it's a totally different beast um so i started out on youtube when i was in high school like i don't know 10 12 years ago something like that um i was in high school i was a big video game nerd and i would play video games and watch people on youtube which like everyone's kids do now obviously that's like, my kids not talking kids to me watch this yeah watch this youtube video um and so i, I was playing these games and i was just thinking you know i want to start posting videos i started learning how to make videos and started doing all this and then after a couple of years i started getting paid really well from youtube youtube ad revenue sponsorships this was before it was cool all right, this is before it was cool to be like an influencer, um, and so that was my full. That was like my full time job while I was going to college. It's the best college job ever. I was able to like work from home. I was making six figures in college on YouTube, like craziest thing ever.
0: Um, oh, hold on here. So, then- so hold on here. So, you were making money strictly off YouTube, six figures. Now, was that also playing video games and like? You're just solving. playing
1: video, and they were kids' video games. So, if everyone who's listening who has kids, if your kids play Minecraft or Roblox, there was, and they're like maybe a little older now because it's been a while. But um, I was one of like the more well-known guys on YouTube in those spaces. Like, really, most of the time, if you mentioned like my YouTube name, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, like I know that one." So I started that, and then when I got out of college, it was like, I don't want to keep playing kids' games for the rest of my life. This is really boring. Uh, so I, um, that's when I did recruiting and then I got into mortgages and immediately as I got into re- mortgages, I thought no one knows anything about YouTube, let me like transfer all this knowledge about YouTube into mortgages. And then I started a brand new channel and basically did lunch and learns. That's how I got in front of a bunch of agents, did lunch and learns about YouTube and showing them like, I'm going to start from scratch just like you. And now that channel is blown up and my business is blown up because of it. So.
0: Okay. So now remember I'm naive when it comes to this stuff. I got to take this back a little bit here. All right. So you create, you helped your realtors create a channel, but you also had probably have your own channel, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. So I have my own channel. It's just branded around my name, Sean Malku. And so I always use it as an example. I was like, Hey, Mr. Realtor, here's how you post a video. Here's the content that you should make. Here's X, Y, Z. And then here's the example of me doing it on my new channel, brand new. You can watch and do it you know, verbatim. Um, and then that channel that I built using it as an example, started getting tons of views. I started reaching tons of borrowers that way. I started reaching new realtors that way just from being seen on YouTube.
0: Okay. So how, all right. So let's just say you create a YouTube channel. First off, I want to talk about your content here. Mm-hmm. And I, from, from you being the broker side of it, the originator, what kind of content do you put up there and how often do you put it up there? I mean, how did, do, do you plan it out a month ahead?
1: So content's the hardest piece, and what I always will tell people, and it's what I do, I mean, I have a notebook next to me on my on my desk. It's disgusting with tons of scribbles, but uh, anytime a borrower asks me a question, because all we do all day is answer questions, right? People call you, they've got questions, they email you, they text you. Anytime someone asks me a question, I write it down. That is my next content that I'm making it on, whether it's something about what does this mean on an LE, What does the CD cooling off or like the trade cooling off period mean? Or what does this mean? What's APR? All of these very complex topics are hard to explain over the phone or, or in an email. And a lot of people use bomb bomb, right? They'll they'll use bomb bomb, send a quick little video, but that means you have to make that video every single time someone asks you that question, or maybe you can save a generic one, but this way I can answer my borrower or realtors questions very effectively with a video that I have up that not only can I help them out, but that new borrowers, new agents, new people can see that content as well and discover me that way.
0: Okay. So you have this content here. Let's talk about this content real quick. You know, I hear all these different things out there. Don't make videos more than two minutes, one minute, five minutes. How, how do you, how do you go about that? Or is it just more or less free flowing for you?
1: Yeah, so YouTube is the one anomaly. Any other social media site, quick, concise, you know, TikTok it, with it blowing up, like that just proved that people want to get the content in as little time as possible. YouTube is the anomaly. They, You go to YouTube to learn. You go on there and you might spend hours on there learning how to fix a door hinge. Like, you know, you're just like, I want to figure out how to do this and I'm going to watch these videos until I know what I'm doing. So it it honestly depends on the topic. If it takes you two minutes to do it. Okay. Most topics are a lot more complex than two minutes. They're going to take you five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, it ultimately just depends on the topic that you're saying. There's no, you know, oh, you was too short or too long. The YouTube algorithm hates you. You're not going to get any. No, if, it, if you're giving good content and explaining it, you're fine.
0: Now, is it, is it you, is it you on camera the entire time? Or is it a combination of, you know, showing an LE per se with you on camera?
1: It depends. Uh, Some videos, I will just be strictly on camera talking about something. Maybe we'll show some graphics as I talk about certain pieces. Um, I have one video in particular, which I love telling other brokers about because it is a video of me walking through an LE from Rocket Mortgage. And I've I've probably closed 40 loans off that one video of someone looking at an actual Rocket Mortgage LE that they have. And then i'm like all right here's what most companies will do they're going to give you this great rate they're going to charge you a bunch in box a mm-hmm. you know i'm going i'm I'm screen sharing blocking out all the info but screen sharing um and people love it they, they get to watch it as i'm going through it as they're comparing to their document that they're looking at um and so that's been super successful being able to do that and getting new business out of that
0: wow okay so now you have this great content and and i personally think you know because i i do a lot of those bomb bomb videos And whatnot. And we do some other things with employer, whatever. That's a whole different story. But I just say, listen, I'm just going to be myself in this exactly how I would explain it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. That's perfect. Right. That's exactly
1: how it is on YouTube.
0: Perfect. So now you have this great content. Um, You know, when it comes to equipment and stuff, a lot of people get scared about that. Do you use like high tech equipment or are you just more or less like, hey, I got a cell phone?
1: Let's go. You know, it can go both ways. You you can talk to, you know, very high quality video content creators like Ryan Aylor, who's he lives right down the street from me and we talk about this stuff all the time. We're, we're like always tweaking things. You can get super into the weeds and get very complex. I have a very nice camera, very nice setup, all those things. But at the end of the day, if someone is trying to learn what their LE means or or some sort of mortgage topic, they're not going to watch it because you look great and there's great lighting and great audio. They're going to watch it even if it's filmed on a cell phone where it's just really good information. And so I always tell people when starting out, take your phone. This is like a thousand dollar phone. They're super expensive these days. Turn it sideways, hit the record button, and you're going to get a phenomenal video that people are going to watch on YouTube. You're you're going to be fine. Back in the day, it was a lot harder. Now it's a lot easier.
0: Right, right. No, that, that makes perfect sense. All right, so now you got this great content. You whether you use a cell phone or your expensive equipment, it doesn't matter, right? You're getting content out there, which I think is the most important thing. How, especially on YouTube, how do you get followers?
1: Yeah, so that's the hardest thing with YouTube is reaching people because you can get you can get engagement on Instagram, Facebook, these other platforms because you have friends. People go on those platforms every day. Uh, YouTube is is a lot harder. You really have to promote. Your YouTube as if it is uh, your business. So it's a lot, I always explain to people, it's a lot easier for me to say, go click a button that's free to go subscribe to me and watch my videos versus give me your tax returns and and ID and social security number and all that stuff so I can do your mortgage. Like if you're able to advertise for a mortgage, you should be able to advertise for someone to go click a button on another platform. And then a lot of people will be super hesitant to. I don't want to post this video because I'm nervous no one will watch it or I'm nervous like it's not going to get a big following. And I I hate that debate because it is a very real feeling. I, I felt it. It's a very real feeling. But once you can move past that and realize it doesn't really matter, um, you'll be so much more successful. I always relate it to um, Grant Cardone, right? Everyone knows Grant Cardone. Everyone wants to create content like Grant Cardone. He looks like the most successful baller person ever. You, you want to be Grant Cardone. But if you look at Grant Cardone in terms of his success, super successful guy. But if you look at a guy like Tobias Lukey, who's the CEO of Shopify, his net worth is like 10 times the amount of Grant Cardone. And no one knows who Tobias is. Like no one knows him. And he puts out content and the people that watch it have built some amazing networks and like referrals because of that, but no one knows about him, So it doesn't matter too much about the views and the subscribers it matters who you're actually reaching and the quality of the person that you're reaching. You get ten views and all ten of those turn into a loan. You did phenomenal versus getting a thousand views and no loans. So, okay. you know, you just got to yeah. kind of move past it.
0: No, absolutely. Okay, now well, let's go back to these realtors because now my mind's spinning here, right? So you show these realtors how to do it, um, and I and, and obviously I think that also goes for you know, your referral sources, whether they're financial planners, tax accounts, divorce attorneys, whatever the case may be, probably all in the, all in the same bucket. How do you help them? I mean, it's almost like you're going to have to kind of coach them along, aren't you?
1: It's, it's a big time commitment. If you're going to sit there and hold their hand and it's totally up to you on how much time you have and how much time you're willing to do that. Uh, we're all very busy and it's hard to want to sit and walk an agent or Uh, any sort of referral source through doing YouTube because you never know really if you're going to get like, uh, um, I guess the time you spend into it, you might not get the value out of it that you want. And that's another debate in and of itself. But I always will kind of give someone the tools to succeed and then always tell them, send me what you create and I'll give you feedback. I'm always happy to do that. But unfortunately I don't have the time to sit there, hold the camera for you edit the video for you, like I I can't do everything for you. um, But I'm always happy to provide feedback, always happy to give you some ideas. Those things are great. And I think that's a good way to to build a relationship where you're not losing too much time, I guess.
0: Right, right. That's not your full-time job. What about editing? Like, what do you, what do you suggest for editing purposes? Cause that's, that's probably, I mean, I do a ton of videos for, for, for aim, you know what I mean? But luckily like our, our producer right you now, Julian, he does all that for me. You know what I mean, but like, if, if, if it's for my mortgage company, that'd probably be the one thing that I'm most scared about is editing. And that's just me. Cause I'm on, I do a lot of videos. So uh, what would you suggest for editing?
1: Editing is hard. It, it, that's another full-time job in and of itself. It depends on the videos that you're making. If you're taking your phone and just recording it as is, there shouldn't be too much editing. A lot of free software is you're going to be fine. Just cut the areas where you messed up, put it all together. You're fine. Once you start getting into some more uh, intense videos where there's more editing, maybe some things are coming on screen. I would definitely recommend you know using someplace like Upwork or Fiverr or Fiverr or whatever and just paying a freelancer to do it. They're actually a lot cheaper than you think, and they do this all the time. They're really good at it. Uh, I was paying an editor, I think, $30 or $50 a video, and my videos are usually 10 to 15 minutes long. and They take okay. hours to do, so um, definitely cost-effective to use someone who's good because they, they're more efficient.
0: Perfect, perfect. Okay, now, I think you might have already said this, but I just want to make sure I'm clear here. What was your most popular video?
1: So uh there's a couple ways the most popular video i've ever posted in my entire life was on um that gaming channel i started back in the day and it's like the the oldest cringiest video ever but it got like 14 million views and just like blew up
0: um, Wait, did you say 14 million
1: 14 million yeah wow it, absolutely insane um but then outside of that channel when we bring it back to my brand sean malku brand um I think my most popular video is one where I talk about how much uh, one view is worth on YouTube or how much one view will make a creator and ad revenue. Um, and that one might maybe has like 1.5 million or 1.4 million. And then right behind that one, I have a, which is a topic, I think, uh, brokers or loan officers should always be talking about, which is credit. Um, I have a video on the three best credit cards to get if you have bad credit and that has like 1.4 million or 1.3 million views. So, um, those ones are insane. Uh, and I get, you know, just a ton of people who will reach out, you know, because think about it. When you're trying to get a mortgage and you can't, it's usually because of credit. Oh, I'd say like most of the time it's because of credit. So they're going to go online and start learning about credit. And so if you're hitting them, you know, hey, here's some content on, on how you improve your credit. Here's some cards you can use for your credit. Here's all this credit info because no one knows anything about credit. Um, you're going to get those borrowers before they turn into actual
0: borrowers. Which is Right, right. That makes sense. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, okay. So you're just kind of like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away by this because I'm sitting here going, okay, that's another boat I missed right there. So now I got to start my YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so let's just say I'm about to start my YouTube channel. Now, personally, in front of the camera, I, I remember when I first started doing videos for AIM and stuff like that. If I had to do a 10 minute video, it'd take me a half an hour preparation, 17 different takes, and it took up a lot of my time. You know, but as i keep going it's just i mean it's just just get up there and talk and be yourself right people are going to be hesitant to do this what would you say is the best piece of advice that you can give them to start their video marketing
1: just start just conquer the fear and start you're not going to create amazing content on your first 100 videos i'll just we'll, we'll shoot it in the face right there your first 100 videos aren't going to be good like just do them you have to do them to get better and. It's totally fine. If you're giving good content, you'll be fine. And um, so, yeah, the, the biggest thing I tell someone is script something out so you're not blabbering for, you know, 30 minutes and then you're looking at it going, I can't post this. Script something out. Be concise. Uh, hit your audience with the info you want to hit them with and just do it. Just start posting it. Get feedback from existing clients, maybe some close friends, some family members. Hey, you know, don't feel awkward about it. Just be like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to work my way into making video. I know I'm not you. I know this is not my thing. Um, give me some feedback. What areas of it did you like? What areas did you not like? Start jotting that down and just always improve. I've made probably five thousand videos at this point in my life. I've made so many videos. it's disgusting. Um, and it it took me years to get really comfortable on camera um to to just like you were saying, to knock out a video super quickly. It takes time and and a bunch of um of reiterations. So yeah, I definitely recommend you just start, you start attacking it, get some feedback and always improve.
0: Perfect. Okay. So now if I'm on YouTube, is there any type of metrics or goals I should be looking forward to? You know what I mean? Because it's like, maybe I, I know what you said there. And I love that because now I got to go back and watch your video, how much one view is worth, but you know, am I really looking for 50 views, hundred views, 1.4 million views? What What's a good metric that I should be looking for?
1: Uh, this is something that will always, always be different than what, what most uh video marketers will say they'll always dive into numbers and i say don't look at the numbers the one metric you should focus on is consistency does not matter what views you're getting does not matter what's coming of the videos to start all that it matters is you're consistent you're doing one video a week one every two weeks maybe it's one a month it doesn't matter you set whatever you can do for your schedule and you stick to it and you be consistent on it because if you're not consistent you're not going to see results whether you have the best content in the world or the worst content. If you're not consistent, you're not going to do well. And then through your consistency, like once you are consistent and you start looking at, okay, maybe, maybe how do I see which videos are doing better than others? You have to take a step back and realize what your end goal is. Some people's goal is to become more of an influencer type, get a bunch of views, build a big name versus other people only want to get more loans out of it, reach more borrowers. And I'll tell you, you know, the videos I have with tens, 20, 30,000 views I might not get a single loan off them, but I have one video in particular. It might have four, five hundred views. is a very underperforming video. It's about uh, FHA versus conventional loans, and I probably closed ten loans off that one video. Um, and it's it hasn't gotten like any views compared to the rest of the videos that I posted. Um, so it really depends on what your goals are and then planning your content for that. Because obviously, if I talk about loan programs and get super specific about a bank statement loan. I'm going to close a lot more bank statement loans off that, but there's not a lot of people in the world who even know what a bank statement loan is or that's searching for a bank statement. So you have to kind of take a step back and and look at what you, I guess, what, what you're trying to achieve with YouTube.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So if you're on video all the time doing 5,000, 10,000 videos, let's relate this back to mortgages now. Now, obviously we know you use that your YouTube marketing for Uh, as a sales funnel per se, you know what I mean? Uh, But okay, let's talk about this now, how you relate it back to mortgages. So let's say your FHA VA, or I'm sorry, your FHA conventional video that you did, she got approximately 10 videos out of. Okay, someone calls you now or fills out an online application. How do you use video from that point on? Do you individualize it for each client or do you have a basic one?
1: You know the crazy thing about it, which is why I recommend people do YouTube, regardless of your level or or your comfortability with it. The bond you make through video is insane. You can do a podcast, and people will get; they'll feel very familiar with you. They'll get to hear your voice. You know, like that's that's really important. That's why podcasts are getting so popular. But video, in and of itself, seeing someone, um, the bond you build with a any with a viewer is insane. So by the time they get to that loan application process, they feel like you're their best friend and they, you know, they've been watching you, they know you really well, and they have full trust in you at that point to where you don't really need to be, you know, sending them the bomb bombs or saying, Hey, uh, Mr. John or Mr. Borrower, you know, here's this video of this. They've already got that you know, as a, as a whole on YouTube. So once you get to the loan process, they're very familiar with you. They think it's awesome that they're even getting to work with you because they found you randomly off, off YouTube. Um, And, and the best part about them is, well, I guess it also depends on the content you make, but at least in my case, I'm never salesy. I'm never having to sell a rate. I'm never, never having to sell a certain fee. I'm, I'm so transparent. First of all, I'm so transparent with everything and don't really need that, but I always consider my content to to be fully education based. It is it is solely here's how I teach you about this. Here's how you achieve this. Here's what this means. And so once you take that component out of it, you're never really, you know, I guess fighting with you're never clashing with your bar at that point. You're you're just like one cohesive unit getting it done.
0: Yep. I always relate that back to like, you know, being a part of your community. If you do anything and you're trying to sell, you're going to fall. And you're going to fail so fast. But if you just do it, you know, being the expert, being a big part of your community, being a big part of YouTube, it always comes back much, much better. And you have much better clients.
1: I agree. I agree. hundred percent.
0: All right. So now, so we, we're going through this whole thing. So we know how to do the startup. We know kind of content now, get in front of the camera, all the good stuff that we always say we're scared of. I tell people, just don't be scared. Just do it. Um, with that being said, and this is just kind of more or less, because I'm curious, how do you finish each video?
1: Uh, Ah, so (laughs) that's part of your brand. Yeah, my my finishing is the, the classic, which everyone hates, and it's the stereotype. It's the classic, all right, make sure you like and subscribe, you know, come back for future videos, and I know it sounds so dumb, but so many people forget, and that audio cue will actually be something where they do, okay, maybe I will subscribe. I don't come on YouTube often, but I'll subscribe. Next time I come on YouTube, I might see a newer video pop up and it helps kind of uh, build it. And then I obviously, I will usually put in the beginning of the video, like, Hey, mortgage loan officer, check out the website down below, if you're interested. And then I get into the content. So they already know if they like the content, they've got information in the description to get in contact with me, learn more things like that.
0: All right. So open-ended question here. Any other tips, tricks, advice that you would love to give to someone in the YouTube space, starting this up?
1: Um, Someone in the in the YouTube space that wants to get going for, in regards to a loan officer, I would say, treat YouTube like a video library to save you time, Tr- you know, treat it as a place to improve your existing um, pipeline, your existing loans you're working on and, and build that clientele. And then the actual growth aspect of getting new clientele will come from you having great content, working with your existing clients, Everyone tries to do it backwards. They start YouTube to go get business. When that's the opposite, you want to start YouTube to improve your existing business. And then that's when also your borrowers start telling their friends, my loan officer was awesome. He had videos on YouTube that people watched about how to do something. And then I got to work with him personally. Like it was a great experience. Give him a call. Um, So doing that little switch will make a big difference.
0: That's great. This is, I'm really enjoying this podcast. So thank you. This is, this is probably one of my most selfish podcasts I've ever done because I'm just asking <laughs> questions I want to know, uh, but no. Okay. So YouTube, great job. I, I absolutely love it. So now I'll bring it back to straight mortgages. Obviously you've been in the business. what did you say about three years now?
1: Three years, a little over three years.
0: And the funny thing about it is I got into mortgages the same exact way you got into mortgages. I was coaching and one of the parents came up to me and said, you would, I think you would do pretty well in this. So it's kind of funny how you were doing. What would you say, volleyball? Were yeah, volleyball. That's funny. Okay, so now you. So now you have your own shop here. You're three days in, but you've been in the broker world for three years. Obviously, being pretty successful. Take the YouTube side out of it because we know you're really good at that. What's one piece of advice that you would love to give into someone who's coming into this channel? That you know, hey, do do it this way. When it comes to clients, processes, tech, whatever you want, the floor is yours.
1: I feel like a broken record with this. I know probably a lot of people will say this, but learn as much as you can. The more knowledge you have, not only the more you'll make in the industry, but more importantly, the more knowledge you'll be able to share with others. And I know it sounds really corny, but sharing is caring. And in the adult world, it means, especially in our business, it means far more referrals, far more, um, I guess, brand awareness. You know, I, I take, I still take calls every day, multiple times a day. From loan officers at completely different companies than mine and they'll call me and say hey i have this dumpster fire i need some help i need to pick your brain like can you help me on this and am i incredibly busy yes it, am i going to say no i'm busy i'm not going to make money on that loan so good luck bye no i go okay give me the scenario let's figure it out together and i help them with it because i know if i was in their shoes and i was you know really feeling the burn from everyone in the transaction. I would want to get that help and I know how much or how far it would go for me. Um, And so just always helping someone and being able to help someone is going to blow your business up. I get a lot of referrals from situations like that where a loan officer says, I don't, I'm not too familiar with this scenario. I recommend you talk to Sean. He's really good at self-employed for whatever, doing this, or, you know, figuring out a solution for this trust income, whatever it may be. Um, and so that in and of itself as has just been exponential. I mean, without that knowledge, you wouldn't be able to do those things. So having that knowledge goes a really long way. And the way to get that knowledge is just to get in the trenches and learn as much as you can. Don't don't try to have someone else do something. Just learn it yourself and and it'll be worth it down the line. So
0: Sean, that's a great piece of advice. And And two things on that. You know, one, I, we do a lot of, uh, you know, with my company, we do a lot of things through Slack I don't know if you're familiar with it, but we have a, we have a, did you know channel? And I tell people, listen, even if you think we all know it, put it in there and it just gets flooded with things. And I go, wow, I didn't even know that, you know what I mean? And then two, you know, that's the one thing I love about this community is that we've, we've kindly finally, t- you know, and it, this happened a few years ago, but we finally took the wraps off everything and we help each other, you know what I mean? And I, and I agree with you share as much as you can, it's just going to make us all better. I agree. So so, Sean, listen, dude, you were awesome today. I know you're a busy person. You probably got, you know, 10 more videos to do today, (laughs) (laughs) but I just want to thank you for sharing, you know, everything that, that, that you talked about today. I think this is going to be a podcast, you know, that we've never really touched base on or, or not as in depth, I should say. So thank you. Thank you for spending your time with us today.
1: Yeah. Again, thank you for having me. It's great to, to join the big ballers on this podcast with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, big ballers. Okay. No. Uh, we got great people on here and you're one of them. So thank you. So listen, so everyone, if you want to listen to past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all of the broker to broker podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else where you can download podcasts. I'm telling you, go to them, rate them, leave a review, subscribe to them, give us likes, whatever it is, it helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. Sean, You're one of those, and I really appreciate your time today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Bye, guys.
0: Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A-members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better. Select the group and click to join.